On today's episode, I am going to be interviewing Brianna Parks, who is a luxury elopement photographer in the Pacific Northwest. Today, she's going to be sharing her story about how she got into the luxury market and now charges over $6,000 in elopement. I'm going to be asking her all about her most popular package, how she shows her value, and tips for you to take your elopements to the next level. You're listening to The Creative Business Plan. I'm your host, Charlie Van Amberg, wedding photographer and business educator. On the podcast, we're all about finding balance between creating the business of your dreams and living a life that you love. Hi, Brianna. I am so happy to have you joining the podcast today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. I would love if you could start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Yeah. So I started my business back in 2018. I had just graduated college and it was, or sorry, I just graduated high school and it was my first semester at college. I started out as a pre-med major and I feel like I didn't really have a creative outlet anymore. I was just so drowned in schoolwork that I... I just, I really didn't have time for anything else and I missed being creative. Um, So my husband and I had just gotten married and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go down the pre-med route anymore or if I wanted to try something else. And so I was just kind of perusing on YouTube and I ended up stumbling across a video of this photographer who was basically taking us behind the scenes of a shoot that she was doing. And it got me super excited and inspired to just try it out. And at the time we had about $2,000, we had just gotten married. We were both in college, we were super broke. And luckily we had about $600 in Target gift cards. (laughs) And so I convinced my poor husband to take me to Target and we ended up buying a DSLR. And I did my first Facebook model call. I did it completely for free. I was just trying to, like I said, get a little bit more creative. I thought it would be a fun thing to do and just to maybe earn a few extra dollars here and there as a side gig, but I never thought it would turn into what it has been. And so I did a few free model calls and then it kind of just stumbled from there and there's a lot in between, but that's kind of the short, the short story of everything. Do you ever miss, you know, your other, what your other career path would have been? Are you so glad that you made the switch to becoming a photographer? Oh, I'm so glad. I ended up just completely switching my major altogether and studied sociology. So I have a bachelor's in sociology and I haven't used it (laughs) since college, but I wouldn't be mad if, you know, someday I ended up stepping away from photography and went down that route. But I'm so, so happy and grateful to be a photographer. I'm right there with you. I have a bachelor's degree and now I never use it. (laughs) So I'm right there with you. Um, So you shot weddings for about a full two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I shot big weddings for about two years before I decided to make the switch to elopements. And then, so why did you decide that you wanted to stop shooting those big weddings and move to elopements instead? There were a lot of factors. I think the biggest one for me personally was just, I was so burnt out for big weddings. I felt like I was showing up and shooting at the same venues and doing the same poses over and over and over again. And all the traditions were the same. I never felt like I really had creative freedom to just shoot what I wanted to shoot. Instead, I was kind of confined to a shot list, I guess you could say. I was also living in Idaho at the time and what the wedding scene there 
it's not, you know, a lot of people don't spend as much money on their weddings as other places. And so I felt like I was just constantly working and not making enough to sustain, you know, paying the bills and <laughs> making money that we needed to make to afford our apartment and to buy groceries and all of that kind of stuff. But I think ultimately it just came down to not feeling fulfilled anymore and just not having the creative space to be creative and to try new things. Instead, I was, like I said, just kind of forced to shoot shots from a shot list and get the standard, you know, first kiss images and first dance and the bouquet toss. And I, yeah. it just wasn't for me. I can see that you went, you know, you decided to do this because you wanted that creative outlet. And then all of a sudden you were doing the same thing over and over and you kind of lose that creative side. Yeah. And the fact, because at this time it, it, it wasn't my full-time job, but it had started to become a good source of income for us. And I was just, I was almost missing having a nine to five again, if that makes sense. I was, mm -hmm. I was just like, Oh, you know, I, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I think I would rather just be a receptionist or sit in an office job and just have someone else tell me what to do because running a business is hard <laughs> and no one, I feel like talks about how much work it takes, especially in the beginning. I was just working 12 hour days all of the time and it was just exhausting. I, I didn't see, you know, why I would be spending all of this time and money and energy into building this huge, or I guess not huge, but building this business where I could just instead go work at a comfortable air conditioned office and answer phone calls <laughs> and emails. I I feel like that's the part that people don't talk about. People are like, oh, I'm going to become a photographer for the really flexible hours and to do what I want to do. And I'm like, yes. And you're also going to work like seven days a week, every single day. Yeah. You know, we try to get past that. But in the beginning, it's really hard not to do that. Yeah. And I just, I did not expect it. I was so shocked when I <laughs> found out that there was this whole other side to photography besides just taking pictures. I just didn't even realize that I was going to be wearing multiple hats in my business. And it just, it took me by surprise. It was a, a complete shock. It, it's a lot of work in the beginning for sure. So where is your business now? Like what does your business look like now? So my business now, in terms of like working, I usually only work Monday through Friday. I tend to work from like 10 to five, which is nice because like I said in the beginning, it was seven days a week, 12 hour mm -hmm. days all of the time. <laughs> um, I only shoot elopements now. I take about 24 a year. I try to cap it at 22 to 24 a year. Um, and I'm based in Northern, Northern California. So I only shoot in the Pacific Northwest versus back then I was taking as much work as I can anywhere in the US. Now I really only focus on Oregon, Washington, and Northern California. And so really our main topic today is about luxury elopements. And this is kind of your space. Um, I know you told me you charge a little over $6,000 for an elopement. So tell us a little bit about your most popular elopement package and what this looks like. Yes. So my most popular elopement package is eight hours for 8,000. This includes a lot of hands-on work with my couple. So I often help them find locations. I use a ton of questionnaires to get to know them, to find, like I said, those personalized locations for them. I also connect them with other vendors in the area. I help with permits and licenses, building timelines. I'm very much just like an all-in-one resource guide for them. I don't like to call myself a planner because I feel like there are planners out there who actually do planning and are kind of in constant communication with vendors, but I do take on a large portion of the planning aspect for my couples. 
And do you have smaller packages other than your eight hour? What's your lowest package that you have? Yes. So my lowest package is four hours and that's for $6,000. That four hour package is only for the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Well, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that that's what <laughs> an elopement, you know, someone would pay for that. I would love if you would start off by telling us the difference in your mind between what a luxury elopement is and what the eight hour day looks like versus a regular elopement. Cause I feel some people are like, it's an elopement. They're standing on the side of the mountain. They say, do you do some pictures? Isn't that it? Like, what are you doing in those eight hours? What's, what's the difference between the luxury elopement and a regular elopement? Yeah, that's a good question. And I feel like the answer is so, I could go so in depth with this, but I think first of all, when I say regular elopements and luxury elopements, I don't want anyone to think that because you're having a quote unquote luxury elopement that your elopement is somehow better than someone who's having a quote unquote regular elopement, if that makes sense. Oftentimes in my head, I think a regular elopement is kind of what you just described. A couple goes up, says their vows on top of a mountain, and then we sign the paperwork and that's kind of it. I feel like luxury elopements, the couple is much more intentional about what they want to do on their day. They take things much slower. Whereas with regular elopements, I feel like they're just kind of, I don't want to say rushing, but almost just showing up and getting it done. Kind yeah, of. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like they want, they want the beautiful pictures and that's kind of it, which there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I think luxury couples or luxury elopements, the couples tend to just want to incorporate more personalized aspects into their day. They tend to be more activity ex- or I guess experienced based elopements where the couple is down to do some sort of activity that reflects them in their relationship. And this isn't this doesn't have to be like a, a big activity, like a helicopter ride or an ice caves tour. It can be something simple like setting up a hammock and reading before. Mm-hmm writing your vows. So it's just, I think it's much more based on intentionality, how the couple chooses to elope and experience their day, if that makes any sense. Yeah. A little more of an in-depth experience, an all-day experience. Like just because you're not having the full wedding doesn't mean that it's not your wedding day for more than an hour or two. Your whole day is your wedding day. And so I love that you're literally planning the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think some couples you have to kind of warm them up to the idea that it isn't just eight hours of pictures. It really is kind of an all day experience. It's not just, okay, we're going to go stand in like two locations and take pictures for eight hours straight because that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I would never yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that there are probably plenty of people listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, $8,000. There is no way I would pay for that. And I feel like a lot of people really struggle with money mindset. Did you have this struggle in the beginning or do you still have this struggle? How did you overcome it? And really dealing with a money mindset, getting over that and moving into the luxury elopement space. Yeah, a million percent. I still struggle with money mindset. I think it's hard not to, especially when you're working with couples who are just way above what you're making. (laughs) Um, I I'm a photographer and I would never spend $8,000 for photography. And I know that's crazy to say, but there are just things that I value more than photography, if that makes sense. And not to say I don't value what I do. I love what I do. And I think I'm worth what I am charging. But 
you know, like, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that we also have to realize that we're not always our ideal client for so many of us. We aren't our own ideal client. And I feel like that's maybe why we struggle with money mindset a little bit because we wouldn't pay for ourselves, but it doesn't mean that we're not worth that and that someone will pay for us. Um, so I, I, I think it's kind of, we have to get over the fact that we're not our own ideal client necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to think that people, I mean, it's not hard to think people are making more money than you. I think you nailed it right on the head. Um, we're, we're just not our ideal client and maybe we are. There are certain aspects of my personality that I love, you know, when my couples have similar interests as me, I think it's super fun, but at the same time, you know, they, they're probably making way more than I'm making. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you, just, you kind of just have to think, okay, if I wouldn't spend it, that doesn't mean somebody else wouldn't spend it. We have, I think I like to think of big, like the kind of the big picture of all of these other brands, um, Rolls Royce, Air One, Whole Foods even. Like mm-hmm. there are so many brands that cater to other people. And you see people on TikTok that are shopping at Air One and you're just like, oh my gosh, I would never spend $18 for the Hailey Bieber smoothie. <laughs> but yeah, there are people out there who would. And I think you just kind of have to, I guess, get over the hurdle of thinking, well, I wouldn't spend it. That doesn't mean somebody else wouldn't, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people or a lot of photographers specifically are younger. And so a lot of younger photographers are just in different phases of their life than a lot of their clients are as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've noticed that too. So how do you showcase your value? Like what does your package actually look like? What does it entail? And how do you showcase uh, the value and what you're offering? Yeah. So like I said, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I offer all of those planning extras with all my packages. So I'm really hands-on with my couples. When couples inquire with me, I don't send my pricing or I guess when they inquire, they, they kind of know what I start out, what I start out as. As soon Mm -hmm. as I get their inquiry, I send them my full pricing guide. It kind of just breaks down everything that's included in each of my packages. And then just a little summary of why I think you should have a full day elopement as opposed to maybe a four hour elopement or something lower than that. Um, I love getting on zoom calls with my couples. I know I give them the option of doing a phone call or a zoom call, but I love zoom calls because I feel like I can really see them face to face. I can read their body language and just kind of get them super excited. Um, at the end of the day, I think if you don't believe in yourself, your clients aren't going to believe in yourself. And so if you don't believe what you're selling is worthy, then they're probably going to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to go with this photographer who's cheaper. At the end of the day, it really comes down to valuing yourself, knowing your worth, seeing your work and knowing the value in your work. And I feel like I didn't, I couldn't tap into those clients who wanted to spend more on me until I valued my own work. Do you feel like on your Zoom calls with them that you really have to sell yourself or most of the people, they already kind of have an idea of what you cost and they're there, they're ready, they want what you have to offer. Do you have a lot of people that still need to be sold on those phone calls? Not often. Most most of the couples now that I get in contact with, they've usually been following me for a while. They're kind of familiar with how I work and they kind of inquire, we get on a call and it's more, it's more of like a get to know you kind of call and then they're ready to book. Um, there are some times where I feel like couples need a little bit more validation or reassurance about what I offer. And 
I'm more than happy to provide my value and kind of walk them through the process. But oftentimes, because couples know what I start at, um, they already have the budget for it. They're not really shopping around. They kind of picked me because they love me and they want to work with me personally. And where do you see most of your clients, your inquiries coming from? Google, 100%. I think I get, I was going to pull up the numbers before this, but I'm pretty sure I get 97% of my inquiries from Google. This is not a question that I prepared you for, but now that I'm asking this, I'm just curious, since you aren't getting most of your inquiries from social media, are you still putting a lot of time into being present on social media or has this allowed you to kind of step back and not feel like you have to be on social media all the time? Yeah. So at first, last year, I really wasn't on social media at all. I kind of posted here and there maybe once a month. This year, I really stepped up my social media game. I post about twice a week. Um, I The past like three months, I've been making reels. And so I've been posting five times a week, which is insanity. Um, usually, I schedule my posts out beforehand, though. So I'm not constantly on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Personally, and just from my experience, I found that my inquiries from Instagram haven't really shot up. I think I get maybe one or two a month, which compared to Google is very, very little. And so I just love SEO because I don't have to be on Instagram all the time. Instagram just makes me feel awful about myself, about my work, and it's just a time suck. <laughs> and so I, like I said, I usually schedule out my posts beforehand. I'll sit down one day out of the month and just kind of schedule them out for the next two months and I'm good to go and I don't have to worry about it. So I definitely put a lot more effort than I used to into social media, but I don't think the effort has been worth the payoff, if that makes sense. And one thing that I love talking about on the podcast is that we need to try and find balance between creating a business that we love, but also living our life. And I just feel like it's so impossible to do if you feel like you have to post on social media every single day, which is why I love SEO and Google and being able to step away from the social media hustle all the time. Yeah, I agree. I also think it's so important as business owners to have a set routine. I think you kind of, I know a lot of photographers kind of go into their day and they're just like, okay, what do I need to do today? Mm -hmm. Whereas like I, I love having a routine. And so for example, I kind of break up my days. Mondays is specifically for client work. This includes location lists, phone calls, permits, anything I need to do for my clients. Tuesdays are specifically for SEO. So updating my website, backend work. I don't even, I try not to touch my email. Sometimes I do, but um, I think it's just really important to set a balance. And if, if you can't do specific days, I think just having a morning routine or a night routine that you can stick to is so beneficial for your business and for your mental health. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they don't have that. And so they try to do 15 different things at one time. And then you can never get all 15 of those things done because you can't give them the focus that they deserve. So I love that you are scheduling things. Yeah. And it feels like a just impossible to do list too when you do something like that. It can be so overwhelming to the point of just wanting to quit. <laughs> yes. So bringing it back to SEO, you rely so heavily on SEO. Are you running Google ads or is this solely organic SEO on your website? This is solely organic traffic. I've never ran a Google ad before. And what do you do to boost your SEO? So this is such a, a broad question. I, <laughs> I think the biggest piece of advice I would have for people that are looking to get into SEO is to really be the expert. Step into your client's shoes. If your clients are wondering how to elope in, I don't know, Acadia National Park in Maine, 
if they're looking up Acadia National Park elopement, what are they looking for? What are they trying to think? You know, what information can you provide to them? If they're looking that keyword up, they're probably thinking, okay, where in Acadia National Park can we elope? Um, what, how do we get a permit to elope there? Where should we stay if we're eloping there? So you just have to put your mind, your shoes, oh my gosh, you have to put yourself into the shoes of your clients, into the minds of your clients, and really provide valuable information and be the expert on a subject so they trust you. And are you doing this through blogging or are you solely relying on just your website? So I do it through blogging. I write blog posts about how to elope in specific areas. Um, I do a few photo blog posts. Some of those rank pretty well, but I feel like oftentimes couples are looking for valuable information. And so I tend to focus my efforts on writing blog posts about how to elope in you know, specific national parks or areas or state parks, things like that. I love that. That's something I try to drive home all the time when people are like, how do I boost the SEO on my website? I'm like, are you blogging? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, you need to start. If you look at any seasoned photographer, they are blogging in their business because people think that it's dying or it's dead or people don't blog anymore and they couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. And I know a lot of photographers too, who don't write articles about how to elope in specific areas. They just do photo blogs which I think is great. And I know a lot of photographers get a ton of their clientele that way. And so even if you don't have the time to sit down and write like a full blown researched article, just blog your photos, blog your sessions, talk about what stood out to you in the session, take those pictures, put them on Pinterest, just try to get them everywhere. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like more people are searching for like a how to or where to, and they're looking for more of a guide aspect when they go to Google outside of just saying, I'm looking for an elopement photographer in this area. And I think that you're more likely to show up in those blog posts when people are searching those for those how to or where to guides. Yeah, hundred percent. So what are some tips that you can leave us with for someone who's trying to take their business to the next level and market to a more luxury client? So maybe someone right now listening to this, they are doing the more standard elopement where it's one or two hours. What advice do you have for them to take things to an all day next level? Yes. Um, first of all, I would highly, highly, highly recommend doing styled shoots. I know they're kind of a touchy subject <laughs> in the photography community. I feel like if you're not showcasing the work you want to shoot, your couples aren't going to find you. So I just went out and I would do a ton of styled shoots with, you know, big, beautiful floral backdrops that I really loved that I would love to shoot more. And so first of all, really showcase the work that you want to shoot. Second, I think sitting down and just reflecting on what makes you different, what makes you stand out and truly valuing your work. I know it takes time to come to a place where you're happy with your work. Even now I go through my sessions and there are always pictures where I'm just like, oh my gosh, if you moved a little to the right, it would have been amazing. Don't beat yourself up about it. Sit down, really look at your work, think about what makes you different. And, you know, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to put this into words, but value your work. Um, I think I, I think you can still value work, value your work without being your ideal client because we did talk about that and you don't have to be your ideal client to value your work. Yeah. And people, we're our own worst critics. And so when we sit down to look at our work, we just nitpick instead of, I mean, it's hard. I know it's easier said than done, but really try to put yourself in your client's shoes. Um, they're not going to be noticing like 
the smallest of things that we notice, they're going to say, oh my gosh, this is such a breathtaking picture. She knows what she's doing. Let's get in contact with her. And let me know if you agree with this or not, but as you were talking, but also like getting over the mindset of being too expensive that people won't pay for you because it's true. Not everyone's going to pay for you and you are no longer a service for everybody. You're a service for specific people and everyone's not going to pay for you and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. And there are so many great books about that out there that I would really recommend. I know you can look up YouTube videos too. It's, it's really hard to overcome the money mindset. And so just be patient with yourself. I also would suggest niching down. You really want to be an expert in a specific field or area for your clients to trust you, whether that's, you know, shooting only in one state or really knowing, really knowing um, everything there is to know about how to elope in a specific national park. So don't showcase absolutely everything you shoot. If you're really wanting to kind of get into elopement specifically, I would just really target elopements in a specific area. Yes. I think people see a lot more when it comes to elopements. Niching is just so much more important because I feel like there's so much more to know when it comes to permits and regulations and everything that goes along with that, that you don't necessarily have to deal with a wedding. Yeah. And I think if you want to shoot everywhere and you're down to travel all across the US and the globe, I think that's awesome. And I think that can be such a strong suit too, especially when it comes to SEO, if you're trying to target a, a ton of different places. But I think there is something so valuable about really knowing your one specific area, knowing it like the back of your hand, because clients are going to compare you to another photographer. And if you have shot and know a million percent more about a specific area than this other photographer who might have shot there one or two times, they're going to go with you every single time. Perfect. Well, this was so amazing. I feel like you just added so much great information, so much value to the people listening. So tell us, where can we find you online? Yes. So you can find me at my website, BriannaParksPhoto.com, or you can find me on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok at Brianna Parks Photography. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. And that is all for today's episode. Head over to thecreativebusinessplan.com to check out all the resources for photographers, including the business and marketing course, templates, workshops, mentor sessions, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in today. Watch out for new episodes every week.